0: So, okay, yes, this week we're doing Romeo and Juliet. Yes, I know you studied it in your high school or junior high course, or maybe even elementary if you were super smart and super advanced for your age. However, this is a movie version of Romeo and Juliet. It's not your mama's Romeo and Juliet. Well... It's probably, it probably is your mama's Romeo and Juliet because it came out in 1968. So it's probably precisely your mama's Romeo and Juliet, but that doesn't mean you should ignore it. No, this doesn't have Leonardo DiCaprio, but it has someone who looks just like Zac Efron. So I implore you to take this one seriously. And it's got Olivia Hussey. She's fantastic and could probably make Zac Efron um, work for his lunch, if you know what I mean. So Romeo and Juliet. You know the story, but do you know the movie? Well, you will after we explain it and tell you a story. So please enjoy. It's Franco Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet.
1: Welcome, one and all, to The Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms. I, your humble servant, Kelly Song, am joined here with... Sir Ryan Graves. I entreat you, sir, come into my noble recording studio. Uh, uh, Excuse me, humble recording studio. I'm sure it is nothing compared to thine own... What tis be this witchcraft
0: in which you capture my voice and project it into the aeons? Tis
1: a gift from the, the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> which Lord? Lord Capulet or Montague? Which Lord? Actually, the, the Lord Witch. Because <laughs> it is witchcraft. <laughs> ah, I've tricked you. Um, welcome everybody to the thing I already said, uh, today, obviously we are here to talk about Terminator.
0: Yes. And, the Terminator, two. and Terminator 2, Terminator 3, Salvation, Genesis, um, let's the see, the, uh, I think that was the one with Revel- uh, Daenerys Targaryen in it. Yeah. She I can't was, remember. She showed up yeah. for a bit.
1: But really, that's not why we're here. Do you have a game for me today? Mm, no, but I do have some trivia for you. Oh, lay it on me.
0: Um, okay. Kelly. Uh, there is a person in this cast who has a beneficent legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, who is that person? Why is he important? And why am I bringing him up?
1: It's Bruce Robinson. Hey! as Ben been Bolio. Table. Why is he important? He's important because he directed one of our favorite movies of all time, Withnail and I. He's directed other stuff too, but it doesn't matter as much as Withnail and I. Withnail and I is great. I knew he was an actor. I had no idea he acted in this. It makes so much sense now. Like if you think about the character of Withnail and how not only is he an actor, but he's, he's very Shakespearean. He's very Shakespearean. They're traditional. And you know, the character, now that I see a young Bruce Robinson, mm-hmm. the character of Benvolio looks a lot like I from With Nail and I. Yeah, mm-hmm. which
0: makes sense when, you know, a lot of artistic people usually cast their mirror.
1: Yeah. self. And, you know, he, he wrote the movie, and mm-hmm. I is also the narrator, and so yeah. he's very much in his own shoes.
0: But you start to understand
1: we're always going to
0: champion the movie with Nell and I, we we have an episode on it. Now you understand audience.
1: (laughs) We want you to watch
0: it, but it starts to make sense. Now that that movie has such a uh, rhythm and harmony to the dialogue. And Mm -hmm. that's why if you look it up, it's always on the top cult classics for comedies. And it's because of the dialogue um, primarily. And then all the other stuff that's goes along with it. And it's because I think Bruce Robinson is trained and understands the, the musicality of, of what dialogue can be. And I really got that watching Franco Zeffirelli's production, Romeo and Juliet. He got the
1: actors yeah. to deliver. Yes. They, I mean, the actors were spot on. The direction was spot on. The, yeah, let's, why don't we talk about the story and then we'll get into it. Oh I'll tell you a story.
0: Tell me a story, Turk.
1: Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love. Probably called me a sonnet.
0: I'm not much more than an
1: interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. That's
0: the end. What do you mean, that's the end? That's not, it's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end.
1: Um, all right, so you all know the story of Romeo and Juliet. I, fi- I wish I knew the
0: the preamble that it starts with. I mm. wish I knew that by heart because I could. Just, I want to open with that, but I'm not going.
1: Robin to. Robin does. She was mouthing along with it the entire time. Nice. Yeah. She still does. She still does. Did she need it for a production? She, I think, in one of her acting classes, um, they did maybe not the entirety, but a lot of um, Romeo and Juliet. Cool. Did yeah. you do it in? Um, did you do it in Doug's class? Um, no, we didn't do Romeo and Juliet in Doug's class. We um, in I feel high like s- Doug throws up at Romeo and Juliet. I don't know. Maybe Doug loves it. I think probably the college Shakespearean professor probably tries to stray away from it because they know in high school that you probably it's read it. It's been done to death in high yeah, school. Yeah. Um, I, and I think it's it's not... A, it is one of, I think, the most beautifully dialogued scripts. But I also do think it is one of the least complicated scripts and so i yeah probably in college they don't really teach that one as much but i was romeo for the palm to palm scene Mm. in class with cassie lewis (laughs) um and like every time i get to that scene i'm just like ah but in this one there was no fish tank and i was like why is there no fish tank
0: (laughs) well when we did it uh was it Uh, We did it in ninth grade, so high school for some, junior high for me. Yeah. Um, And I remember so vividly that my two friends just, just started dating that week. Uh Uh-huh. And we were all in the same English class, and we were doing Romeo and Juliet. And the teacher, at random, picked my guy friend to be Romeo And his brand new girlfriend to be Juliet. And they had a scene and she was reading stage direction. The Mm -hmm. teacher was reading stage direction and they were going through the lines. And it was very like junior high, like, yeah, like whatever. No one was really trying hard. And the teacher read the stage direction and then they kiss. And then my friend kissed her. (laughs) <laughs>
1: and it was her first kiss ever. ever. That's a great first kiss. Like, I mean, I get how you wouldn't necessarily want that, but in retrospect, it's a great first kiss.
0: Oh, but it made everyone in the classes month. It's like, because we all knew what was going on
1: with them. It was amazing. I, I bet I know exactly what happened after the kiss. Can I, can I take us back to that moment? Sure.
0: <laughs> no, it
1: was stunned
0: silence. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we were all really cool about it, but we were all like, be cool it just happened <laughs> and the teacher was like oh okay
1: <laughs> have, have you ever been somebody's first kiss uh, 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 oh. <coughs> <coughs> hopefully know. not with
0: that cough there hasn't been a lot of kisses in ryan's life so oh, there's I been, been quite that. a few kisses
1: right now just not a lot of variation <laughs> um i was somebody's kiss first kiss before a play i won't name the name, but um, they were going to have their first kiss during the play, mm. and they said that they didn't want that to happen. Mm. Like, they didn't want their first case or their first kiss to be in rehearsals right? for a stage play. Were you in theater with them? I was, I was in theater with them. And and, you're like,
0: well, let's go outside. <laughs> no, we <laughs> went actually in theater. To,
1: we actually went to a place that you'd be duly familiar with. Um, the band The Pit. Pit. Yeah, the pit. The
0: pit is a romantic place to have a kiss. Is it?
1: (laughs) It was. It was. It was very sweet and very good. And it was like one of those things where we arranged to meet. um, Just like I think it was after school, before rehearsals. I know. I know it was imminent that it was going to happen soon, and so it needed to happen soon. You were. You had set up
0: a clandestine
1: meeting. I was just friends with this person. It's just that they trusted Uh me. No, we were really just friends. It was just, they wanted their first kiss not to be on stage in front of people. Because they were nervous about- You don't
0: do that with all just friends.
1: No, but, you know, it was
0: so. I think there was some sparks there. Ryan's looking at me
1: with some weird bedroom eyes. There weren't. (laughs) It's too late now. No, there weren't. There weren't. But hey, good kiss. It was a good kiss, though. Yeah. Um, Yeah, a kiss is never a. Well, I mean, it could be a bad kiss, but usually consensual kisses are pretty good. Pretty good kiss.
0: Um, Let's talk about kissing because there's a lot in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we meet uh, the Capulets. They're all yellow. I the had, Montagues are all in green. I had the toughest time. Like, which one is the Capulet? And which is Montague? And if you ever forget, Juliet Capulet, Romeo
1: Montague. <laughs> <laughs> I I really don't like. I think their last name should have been switched. I think this oh, really? is a faux pas on Shakespeare. I think. <laughs> Come on, man. Juliet Capulet. Ugh, it, it <laughs> trips all over itself. Yeah, I'm sure I'm not the first person to make this complaint. It's a good criticism, Kelly. It's a good Thanks. criticism. Then there's a big gang war.
0: Okay, so we meet... Um, we meet... Tobolt.
1: Tell Benvolio.
0: Look upon thy death. Tobolt. Who played is played by... by Basil. Uh, Basil Exposition from <laughs> Lost in Powers. Or for you Gilmore Girl fans, it is uh, Asher Fleming, Professor Asher Fleming. Oh my gosh, that's Yale. Asher
1: Fleming. Mm-hmm. I didn't even put that two and two together when I saw Gilmore Girls. <laughs> and just the fact
0: that he goes, Paris, you're so... Tantalizing. You, you can't really have Tybalt say that to Paris in this story. No. But the fact but that the fact Michael that York Paris has Paris's all mm. over
1: the place, amazing. Amazing. He's great in the role. He yeah. like the, people are fighting, but then Tybalt shows up and he's like, Oh, so you guys want to fight? We're gonna fight. And Ben Volley was like, no, 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 no. No, 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 guys, no, stop, no, stop. no, no, like, no, 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 no,
0: no, 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 I have all the names memorized, but I always mix Benfolio, Tybalt, Mercutio. I always mix them around like a cocktail shaker. I'm like, I okay. know who Romeo so is. I know who Julia is. So let's Tybalt, establish it for everybody. Tybalt is of House Capulet. Capulet. Mm-hmm. And Mercutio is of, he's associated with House Montague, but I don't think he's related to
1: Romeo. He is He is not a Montague. He is in the house, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Benvolio, I do believe, is a cousin. So he is a Montague. But like the three of them are all Montague side, and Tybalt is Capulet. If I was an actor,
0: I would always want to play Benvolio because he has such a laid back
1: role in this story. Oh, I'd want to be Mercutio. No, well, I know Mercutio down. is like the he's, big he's role. He's got the choice. But if
0: I was a, if I was an actor and and I'm shy like I am, like Benvolio <laughs> would be a safe bet. I I could just be Ben Volio. I'll lay back in the cut. It'll be fine. I like the idea of this actor who's like,
1: hey, um, I'm a little shy, but I really want to get out on that stage and do some acting. Hey, there
0: are plenty of actor friends I had in high school who were just that. That they knew that they had to get out there, but they didn't have the courage to be a Mercutio. I I, I definitely,
1: I just, I don't, I definitely, yes, I hear what you're saying. (laughs) Um, But yes, so they all have it out and there is just like a smattering of fighting in this movie it's like when john cleese is
0: assaulting the castle in monty python the holy grail
1: he's just they're going (laughs) nuts. yes it's insanity (laughs) 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 and you know there's ribald jests there's um you know a lot of chest puffing outs Mm -hmm. and people are getting killed left and right cabbage carts are getting thrown everywhere chickens are being thrown at them everything it's all it's all hell and it's just it's just an all-out brawl Mm -hmm. and who should stop it but the prince The prince 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 paris no um, who's paris paris is a lord okay but who's the prince the prince is the prince the prince so prince so since we're we're in so, it's a bunch of French names, but they're in Verona, which right. is is Italy. Yeah. Right? And so, principalities were like, you know, areas of land controlled by princes. Right. Yeah. So, I think it's just the prince that controls the land on which these two people, or these two families live.
0: Ah, uh, yes.
1: Yeah. And we don't necessarily know what the beef is between the Capulets and the Montagues. We just know that there is beef. And, I
0: think... Uh, Lord Capulet stole Lord Montague's M&M's once and
1: he's never let it down. And when he was in like fifth grade. Yeah. He's like, whatever the reason I, I can see why there that like this story doesn't necessarily get translated a lot of times into reasons for why two groups of people hate each other. Mm hmm. Um, like you do have uh, West Side Story, where there is a small race element. Yeah, but I mean it's not a small race element, I guess. But it's it it doesn't. It's not like one side is completely like innocent ever. Both right. sides really just hate each other. Right, and like the whole point of it is like, why the hell are you hating each other right, right now?
0: Yeah, so like we meet Romeo. Who like stayed out of it, and his parent like his parents are like Benvolio. You seen Romeo, and Benvolio's like it was cool. Romeo was hanging out in the gardens the whole time. He was and being was a like
1: total. Oh, thank God, loser. <laughs> no, he was he was just being a sensitive dude over there.
0: And then Romeo comes to town, sees the aftermath. He's mm-hmm. like, the f- happened? yeah, what happened? There's cabbages everywhere. Oh my cabbages! And he's very upset. He's a very pacifistic dude.
1: Yeah, he's. I mean, not die hard, but
0: he doesn't like the strife.
1: Le- Leonard Whiting is yeah. his name. He looks like Zac Efron's grandfather. Yeah, <laughs> and in a good way. I think he in looks great. Way I think him and Olivia Hussey, who plays uh, Juliet, are pitch perfect. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you could cast this better at that time. Right, they're very good.
0: Yeah, and so. Romeo, like, see, is so done with this strife between the two families. He's just like, ah, this is so stupid. I don't want to be part of it. The, the, I just want to fall in love. He says. I think what's, I think the reason why we come back to Romeo and Juliet, and that's what they figured out with West Side Story, is like, oh, it, you mean like this? And I feel like, I don't see a lot of modern stagings of Romeo and Juliet that do the one-to-one thing of like we're doing Macbeth in gangland oh, no. Chicago you, yeah you, you can't really do that but I related so hard to the story and this main character who's done with all the divisiveness surrounding, surrounding him. him yeah he's just like I hate it and that for me I was like I'm sick of political conservative versus liberal fox news cnbc blah, blah blah i'm like i hate how we're fighting like you go to family reunion it's just political fights it's arguments it's mm-hmm. strife i'm sick of it i hate the division
1: yeah um i think and and i think this movie captures that like disdain for conflict not saying all conflict is bad but i think we are wearily worn right now yeah. and very tired because conflict takes a toll and it's and destructive it's, and it's taking a toll on Well, not all conflict is destructive, but this This kind of conflict is is (laughs) very destructive. And I think Romeo is young, but in his youth is idealism. Yet in his youth is also folly. And I like Mm -hmm. that's. I think that's um, another reason why we come back to this tale is because they're not saying like these two people are saints. Right. They're they're saying like these people are young and they're falling in love and they're you know crazy and head over heels. They're dumb teenagers. but, But but but. Within them is some gold that we need to see. Mm-hmm. Like it's something that nobody's seeing around here that we need to look at. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do think that this play gets written off, but I think you're right. We come back to it for reasons. So
0: we... It, the, is the next scene when they go to crash the party? I party? Love, I've loved all Romeo and Juliet's uh, stagings of this. Like the boys... Out on the town, going to crash the Capulets
1: party. Yeah, and it's like you can hear in the background, which is really crazy because the song hadn't come out yet. But like one of them has a boombox, and it's like the
0: boys are back in town. <laughs> the boys are back in town. Pretty fantastic. It's that, pretty good. That reminds me. I'm sorry, I have to take a quick second. We I'll have say, to. Are we segwaying? Uh, I'm going to play the theme song for us because it's
1: just so beautiful. Oh, it's I'm gonna so play it for great. Just a second. I. It's on my writing playlist. It's very good. Yeah, it's oh, so the theme beautiful. Is so good, and uh, I, we we don't get the theme yet, though. Uh, well, maybe a little bit. It starts to trickle in. Yeah, Romeo is hanging out with Mercutio, Benvolio, and the boys. And Mercutio, this is where we really get him for the first part, and he is just like drunk as a skunk, kind of on life, and he's he's having this existential crisis while he's l- also leading the boys and like romeo's like i had this dream man and it was about this girl and he's like whatever man dreams don't matter dreams don't matter it's probably mab let me tell you about mab they're like who's mab and he's like queen of air and darkness you don't know her (laughs) leader of this the she and anyway she she's like this big fairy and stuff and he starts telling a story and then he has like a mental breakdown for a second yeah and romeo's like whoa bro are you okay you (laughs) Hey, you chill? Do we need to go sit down? Do you you need some orange juice?
0: Mercutio is freaked, um, and there is portent of doom for Mercutio.
1: But, you know, Mercutio's half like that sagely friend, but also half just out to have a good time. You know, it makes me wish,
0: and maybe this exists out there somewhere in the world, but I wish there was a Romeo and Juliet with... um, Shoot, what's his name? He's our favorite guy in A Night's Tale, not Heath Ledger. Oh, Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany as Mercutio would have been great. It would have been great. I think he's past the age probably uh, at this point. No, but I'm not I somewhere on the West End it could have happened in the past 25 years. I'm really Yeah, open. no,
1: I do not doubt I It's funny cuz there's this story about um there, remember that time in A Night's Tale when he's like saying like he was, you know, fathered by this family and he's Connected to this general, and he's like pointing out all this stuff. It was like a monologue. He had a really hard time with because of all the German words. Oh, and I'm wondering, like, Paul Bettany feels like a stage actor. He just totally feels like it. But after hearing that story, I'm like, well, I don't know. Can he? (laughs) Can he? Did he memorize a lot? Trouble with that one. (laughs) I don't know. I I have no idea. But I can completely see that as a cast. That's good. So they go to the Capulets' mask
0: party. Mm -hmm. So makes it easy to crash the mask party. because
1: they're all wearing masks. Well, and really, like. 5% 5% of the people at this party are wearing masks. So, I mean... <laughs>
0: <laughs> who are the chaps wearing masks over there? It's like, what? That
1: this, this is a mask party. I'm not a Montague. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> and, of course, who is going to spy them out? But... Tybalt, he's like those fuckers, yeah, and and you know at this point in time the Montagues and the Capulets already already been chastised by the Prince. He's like, don't fight anymore, you assholes. They're no, like, like, we promise, yeah. wink. <laughs> but. To his credit, uh, Monsieur Capulet is like... Shut the fuck up, Tybalt. He's like, I'm trying to get my drink on and you are ruining the party for everybody, Tybalt. Stop it. And he's like, look, 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 it's a Montague. He's like, that's just
0: Romeo. He's puny. He can't do anything.
1: Romeo is a chill dude. I'm okay with this.
0: Yeah. Oh, we also, we skipped over. We meet Juliet. What
1: satisfaction canst thou have tonight?
0: And we meet Juliet's uh, mother.
1: Nurse, um... Give leave a while. We must talk in secret.
0: And the nurse. The nurse is
1: great in this. Nurse, come back again. I have remembered me. The nurse is great. I, I, I think this actress brings a lot of energy to the role. I think half the time, though, I I've, I've very, very infrequently felt this where I'm just like, shut up. Shut up. Isn't that the point? Isn't she supposed
0: to be like way
1: over the top? Character The way it's written. I've seen it played a couple different ways. And I I think more often than not, it does get played over the top. But her 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 incessant laughing is something that happens in a lot of period pieces in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. Where like whenever anybody's having a good time or whenever anybody's like kind of a big oversharer, they're also an over laugher. Yeah. And it's a choice. It's a strong choice. I think she does a great job. I hated it when she went over the top with her laughter. It felt like she was a witch. And I was like, <laughs> what are we laughing at here? And it annoys me. Like those people who say things where they're like, they're like, I got a new computer day. <laughs> it's like, that, uh, okay.
0: And by my only dame, the pretty wretch left crying and said, "I." <laughs> <laughs> enough of this I pray thee hold thy peace
1: that happens a lot in Jane Austen stories too exactly and those characters are always made fun of because Jane Austen thinks the exact same way I do <laughs> <laughs> well I I do appreciate that like the Imelda Staunton character yeah, from uh, Sense Sensibility it
0: keeps the tone of the movie veering towards tragedy because you can't have tragedy
1: when you have a character cackling away like that she does bring levity to the role which or, we need in the know, first yeah. half of this story we do Mm -hmm. Yeah, And so we we meet her and like basically her nurse is like, Juliet, you're going to get some soon. We're going to get you married. We're going to get you married and you're going to have sex. Wait,
0: it's to Paris they're trying to marry her off to? Yeah. She doesn't know that yet though. But the dad is conspiring to have Paris. Yeah. And the mom's like, girl, you're going to flower. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Don't worry about it. So Juliet's
1: like, great. Can't wait. (laughs) Yeah. She's, she seems fine with the idea. She's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not super excited about it, to be honest, but, but we do have, oh, hold on. mm -hmm. We skipped over the entire part where the dad talks to like Paris and he's like, yo, Paris, he's like, Paris, you want to marry my daughter? And uh, Paris is like, sure thing. And he's like, well, how about we wait? Until the dad's like, how about we wait a couple of seasons until she's 16? <laughs> and Paris is like, lots of people like getting married at 14. Don't worry about it. Uh. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, okay, yeah, they're all going to die in like 16, 17 years anyway. So I totally get it, Paris. Yeah, life is but short. Also gross, dude. <laughs> well, this,
0: I mean, that's. it's hard to take a lot of this story. It's s- hard to judge the 1400s. <laughs> It's it, because it's like, look at this romance between these two very underage teenagers and look at them be sexy together. I'm like,
1: I don't wanna. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely hard because, um, it's L- Olivia, especially
0: how Zeffirelli depicts Olivia Hussey.
1: Yeah. Olivia Hussey is 15, 16 in this, but he's also, I don't know. There's part of me that's like, well, he's European <laughs> and yeah, like, you know, so, yeah. so, I know that they have different compunctions about certain things with age and sex. So I'm like, okay, well you guys overall, this thing. movie's safe and, but there's some shots in there. I'm like,
0: um, she is underage, sir.
1: Yeah. I, I have to admit, I'm very attracted to Olivia Hussey in this movie.
0: She's attractive, but you always have that hanging over your head and you're like, uh, yeah, is
1: she, if she, is she 15 or 16 in the shot? doesn't matter. It's still weird.
0: <laughs> so, um, Juliet, who we meet is all not, not an Elizabeth Bennet but she is somewhat of a progenitor for a heroine that isn't super pumped to just get married because
1: yeah she give her a couple more years and she might have gone a little bit more Elizabeth Bennet
0: yeah because
1: um, spoiler alert <laughs> she don't uh
0: but austen you know gets credited with really introducing you know romantic love to modern relationships but shakespeare is like hey Let's have these characters fall in love and then get married.
1: Actually, he was, he was more like this, Hey, I'm a zombie, but I've come back to talk to you about this.
0: Yes. Um, like in our favorite story, Pride, Prejudice, Zombies, and that William Shakespeare. crazy <laughs> William Shakespeare guy over there who's been haunting the library of Mr. Bennett. <laughs> oh,
1: you will read. Don't forget about a winter's tale. <laughs>
0: Enough of this, I pray thee, hold thy peace. Uh, So, you know, we set the stage for the romance we'd like to have. Mm -hmm. We don't want these characters to just have marriages of class and convenience. No,
1: no. And as soon as Romeo sees her, like, she is is presented, basically, because she's in the middle of a dance with, like, Paris and somebody else. Mm -hmm. And she just looks singular in that room full of people they casted this movie really well with all the extras and the side characters and juliet it's like there's something about her that screams unique
0: i can't remember all i remember from romeo plus juliet was a fishbowl
1: well, it's, it's bigger than a fishbowl. It's, it's, it's like a, a big fish it's a tank. tank. It's a big tank.
0: That's how he sees her, through the fish tank? And they lock eyes?
1: And- yeah, uh, and I think actually they do palm to palm on opposite sides. Oh, right, right, I think right. it's really well done, yeah. personally. I, but we'll have to talk about that when we get there. Because the only thing I would
0: change when he sees her for the first time, because mm-hmm. the, the, the room that they're in feels like a movie set. You know, it looks like a 1960s movie yeah, set. Yeah, because it's like a hall. It's a big, yeah. big, like, cardboard castle walls
1: around It does around feel them. like they stripped it from um, the... Like Camelot. Or... Yeah, from Camelot or I was thinking maybe Robin Hood. Robin Hood something. Yeah. But
0: so the, the only thing I would change is, like, be a little poetic with the filmmaking and, like dim the lights spotlight her like do something to like really draw uh, her out kind
1: of like in Prejud- pride and prejudice when they strip everybody else away when they're dancing kind yeah of. like really or, or they do this though ryan in um in west side story yes yeah yes. the original precisely one precisely that they they suck everybody else's um like uh clarity out yeah where they all it's like fantastic. fade away that that's exactly
0: it that's why i was missing it because i'm Mm -hmm. like no this scene has been done better before it's because i saw it in west side story they do spielberg does a good job with it in his remake that was one of the only like things i'm like oh you not necessarily improved it but you did a good job with this Mm -hmm. this one part
1: yes okay good eye i i do want to watch that movie though i still haven't seen the spielberg version i love spielberg i love west side story so
0: my tldr is wow spielberg you did west side story it was nothing new. See, it was just
1: I, I know I know a couple other people who just absolutely adore it. So I'm gonna like kind of blake slate myself. I'm, it's i it's kind
0: of unfair because it's West Side story. So yeah. it's
1: hard not to like. Sure. Um well anyways, we're talking about a completely about this different story, <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, completely different. He he sneaks around and he's like sneaking peeks, and then she sees him sneaking peeks, and like they They sneak peeks at each other, and I love how he just jumps into the dance. He's like, "Oh, my turn! My turn!" (laughs) Well, he does the bells. He he gets foisted. Oh yeah, yeah. Like right. But
0: he was happy to like get enlisted. He's like, "Oh, oh, now
1: I can dance with her." And when they actually start like dancing together, it is magnetic Mm -hmm. and great chemistry. He he has like the mask on the whole time, Mm -hmm. so she doesn't know what he looks like. But she's intrigued by that kitty cat that he's wearing. Yep, and so they kind of lose
0: connection for a second, but then they're both next to a pillar, and he starts talking to her. Palm to palm, like
1: grabs the palm, and she's like, (laughs) and he starts talking about how you know his lips are pilgrims, and she's a saint, and it's just, it is like the dialogue is so good between the two of them. Whenever the two of them are in a scene together, not only are they good at delivering it, but the writing is just so good. It's like somebody really good wrote this,
0: (laughs) or. (laughs) <laughs> what, what, what's the conspiracy theory? It was John Dunn, or who, who did ben they Johnson, Ben I Johnson, I think. They, yeah. <laughs> Good job, Ben Johnson. Or a Whatever. collection of actors
1: who just constantly reworked his lines. Yeah, whoever it was. I'm going to give credit to William Shakespeare because... It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good point. I'm glad you
0: eliminated the entire need of that one. That one essay movie we had to do, and that one uh, movie we had to yeah. do. Uh, so th- they leave the party, and I love when Mercutio and the gents are like looking for Romeo, and he's hiding because he's like, I no Wait, thank you. Wait, hold on a
1: second. They kiss here. Do they kiss here? They kiss. They kiss at the party. Oh, like,
0: and then he wants to meet up with her
1: again. Yeah, I mean, they make out for a while because remember the nurse comes and finds oh, her and right, she's like, right, oh, right. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm fixing my nothing, hair. Nothing, nothing. They have a lot of good movie kisses. Yeah. Like There's a lot of open mouth kissing going on, but it feels Some like teenagers kissing. kissing. And yeah, so they figure out like, who the hell was that? It's like, that was Romeo. And he is <laughs> like, they're basically the son and daughter. If you don't know the story, I don't know where you've been, but they're the son and daughter of... Montague is Capulet.
0: Montague.
1: Uh So, ooh, so drama. Yeah, drama. Everybody's looking for Romeo. He's like, I'm hiding in a tree. I just love, his friends are like, Romeo! <laughs> <laughs> they're <laughs> hilarious. They're good. I, I thought it was a good group of, yeah, like, they're like, one, two, three,
0: Romeo! Romeo! And man, I, I have specifically had those nights when we went out after work and it was all the servers going out together Mm -hmm. and I wanted to go home and they wouldn't let me go home. They're like, no, we're going out
1: drinking. And I like... Very much did this where I'm like, I'm going to sneak away. Oh, completely. That was 24-7 my life at Saucebox. Yeah. Where everybody drank every night after Saucebox. And I was like, I can do this. I can afford to do this once a week. Yeah, I'm going home. And he's like, I'm going to find Juliet. Yeah, and he does. And uh, they, what light through yonder window breaks each other. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, he
0: says, but soft, what light through yonder window breaks, which translates to be meaning. Romeo says to himself, Romeo, shut the fuck up. Look at the light. Like, why is he saying stuff? Just stop talking. You don't have to be
1: loud. Well, he does though because he he's ruffling he, through the leaves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He has to overtalk himself. It's like, oh, sh- 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 sh-. but when they start talking to each other and she, like, they bid affection of each other, but they also start talking about like, you know, what does love mean to you? And they're trying to like gauge, like Juliet more so is like. Do you, do you think do you think I'm that easy mm-hmm. and then he's like you know professes love and then he keeps going back down the tree and coming back up the tree and going back down the tree and coming <laughs> back like, up the tree <laughs> and he's, he's just got, got, got that laugh dog vivacious energy right of fuck.
0: And <laughs> none of this, I pray thee, hold thy peace.
1: And he's just got that vivacious energy where he is, one hundred percent willing to ex- like. He's willing to not only go without sleep, but he's also willing to be so tired the next morning oh, yeah. just to court this woman, just to show her I like you. And mm. she is one hundred percent like, just into it, into it, a hundred percent. And like, I mean, she's like, she's. Definitely, this is probably what you were talking about before, where, like, Zeffirelli is like, we're going to make you buxom. (laughs) (laughs) My lord, the the gravitational pull
0: that this corset seems to have, it's its own orbit. It's like, good
1: lord, the corset this woman is wearing. I do not know how she doesn't explode out of it. Yeah. Yeah. But-
0: good choice <laughs> it works and it's like it well works. Romeo
1: no like, one can blame you no exactly and can I say this is like Olivia Hussey when she is you know with her nurse earlier and with her mom and then at the party she's good right mm-hmm. this is really where she starts to shine for me
0: yeah and the chemistry that they have you can tell that these are some
1: drunk teenagers in love oh my gosh <laughs> they are 100% in love with each other and like you know she, she eventually convinces him to go. Cause her like mom shows up and she's, she's like, like, you have to go. Cause you're going to get sell, killed dude. here. Like a bunch of people just got wrecked earlier. You have to get out. And He's like, okay, let's, let's meet tomorrow and get married. And she's like, sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> and you can you kind of believe it because you do like, she's, she's desperate not to like get married to somebody she doesn't know, right. which is what her parents are talking about. And then he is longing for something that is just, not what everybody else has done around here. Yeah. And they, they talk about how it's going to be difficult between their families, but they're like, this could be good. This could be healing for our families. Yeah, Like they, they find any little thing to add to their like little love potion.
0: Yeah. And usually love at first sight stories. I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. But I think to do it well, all you need to have in the character is conviction. Mm -hmm. And both characters are convicted in their love. That's right. Only after a couple hours, their
1: love for one another. I buy it. Yeah, I totally buy buy it. it. I'm like, yeah, they need to get married tomorrow. And this is, I mean, this is proto, I think this is the, this is the, if we're going to talk about first, like love at first sight, this is the touchstone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, he goes to Father Lawrence and Father Lawrence is like, you idiot, like, a month and a half ago, you were in love with Rosalind. You
0: were just dating Rosalind, and you were complaining to me about her. What's the deal? He's like, nay, not her. Forget what Whatever. betwixt
1: me and her. You know, and with all, like, I, I it's hard to vote for Romeo here, because it's like, <laughs> you're being a teenager. But yeah. with all due respect, he is like, I'm going to marry this girl, which is obviously a different feeling than he had for Rosalind.
0: Yeah. So, and.
1: Fine, Friar Lawrence is like fine. But then, bring her over. A, a, well, not a light bulb, but like a candle, because you know it's you know the 1400s or whatever mm-hmm. pops above his head. Wait, is it set in the 1400s? I mean, do you think it's set in like late 1500s, early like 1600s, Shakespeare time? I guess. Like I mean, I could don't know. be. Let's, it could be any time get in, in century. the century. it, yeah. Because yeah. there's not a
0: lot of technology to be seen here. Yeah, is I mean this is all. It's a small town in Verona. Could be any. Could be any time. Could be 1973. <laughs> maybe not then.
1: Yeah, maybe though. <laughs> it totally could be. Um, I didn't see any sharks or jets running around though. Yeah. So, um, Friar Lawrence is like, I gotta. I mean, this is actually a great idea. He's like, I hate all the fighting too. Why don't I help them get married and it will heal the families? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So he's all in. So they got a co-conspirator, and then he's like, "Come to confession. You got to clean your slate." Yeah, yeah. You probably have sex or something <laughs> on your on your plate, sir. And um, they do,
0: and they have a very nice confession together, which uh, is reminiscent of in West Side Story when they go to the church and have their. They have a confession together. They don't have a confession in West Side Story, but they do no, go no. to a church. Well, when Romeo Ro- and Juliet. Well, they go to see Friar Lawrence, and he's like, "That's when they down. get married." I guess they get married too, no, that's... but he. He very much has to clean their slate before they get married, too. That doesn't happen. I heard, I heard confession was something that he needed. Oh, okay, but we don't see this. We don't know, but, but I know that their souls are clean because Friar
1: Lawrence scrubbed it. Oh, yeah, sure, I'm sure. <laughs> that's um, what
0: reminded me in West Side Story where they have their not marriage marriage in the church.
1: Totally. Um, the not marriage marriage, <laughs> that's right. Um, so what happens next is basically she ropes ropes the nurse in and the nurse is like, I'll go find Romeo and, you know, you guys can talk and I'll, I'll approve of him or disapprove or whatever. Yeah. And then she gets manhandled by all of Romeo's friends. Mercutio, <laughs> stop being such a dick. Yeah, that's true. But like, I feel like she throws it right back at him. She does. She's kind of game for the game yeah. until she's not. She's like,
0: fuck you up, Mercutio.
1: <laughs> yeah, but she's also like ribald back at him. Like, there's yeah. something about this nurse that can like hang. Yeah, totally. But they're being total butt heads. Um, and then Romeo's like, stop, stop, guys. Stop. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back this way. And and then Tybalt's like,
0: are you fucking up my nurse?
1: Well, yeah. Well, because she he gets Tybalt's like, great. Okay. No, no, not Tybalt, but uh, the nurse is like, great, I approve of you. And Romeo's like, great, I can't be, wait to be away from you because you're a lot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so she runs back and is like, I approve, he's a great guy. And then the fight happens, right? Yeah. Mm, no, they get married. Then,
0: well, at, at some point in all of this, there's a courtyard square. No, no, they get married first. That's really important. They're married before the nurse
1: comes to them yes yeah they're, well what did the nurse want no no they're they're married before the fight
0: yeah but what did the nurse need from romeo
1: i mean the nurse needed to see when the two of she's the go-between she needed to see when the two of them would meet next and what the plan was for them getting married
0: yeah so they get married but romeo's there at the fight
1: yeah so that happens right after they get married yeah okay they get married i think a day goes by and um, then Tybalt's like, I'm going to find Romeo and kill him. And Mercutio's like, That's I'm right. going to make fun of you, you asshole. Yeah. You with all of your guys here. Yeah. And they have a fight. And it's really interesting the way this fight dynamic happens because it's yeah. more for pride than for killing. Exactly. And I love
0: it. I don't ever remember reading it like this.
1: No. Well, because it's it's not written like this. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's not. But it's more, I, I just remember it. they fight. Yeah, that's, I mean, Shakespeare is very sparse with his uh, action right. in scenes. And so they fight. And I like the way this is staged because Zeffirelli basically takes Mercutio and he's like, okay, gentle Mercutio is the line that Romeo uses later. So we know he's not like a great fighter mm-hmm. per se. Um, and Tybalt's a really good fighter, but Mercutio has like enough charisma to make the fight interesting. Yeah. And, and Tybalt's
0: entertained by the fight. Yeah. And he, there's a camaraderie between the two, even though they're complete yeah. rivals, where Tybalt's like, I kind of like this guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. They start, like, getting along a little bit, and the more Romeo pushes back and is like, stop fighting, like, Tybalt, I'm your, your brother, you know? Um, <laughs> Tybalt and Mercutio's like, the fuck is this guy? Yeah, he's like, get out of here. We're going to fight. <laughs> We're fighting. Do you see this? Come We're on. fighting. Yeah. <laughs> and they're both like, yeah, come on. Get out of here, Romeo. And so it's all fun and games, and... The ways Affreli decides to take the line, like I, I was stabbed in your arms, mm-hmm. or I forget, I forget what the line from Mercutio is. Is that Romeo tries to like separate them, and then Tybalt accidentally stabs Mercutio, which makes it all the more tragic. Yeah, and I think it's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. and because Mercutio tries to
0: laugh it off, but then it's a real. He, it's a real wound. He dies, yeah. and Romeo's like, Car.
1: Very much so. He turns directly into William Shakespeare or William Con! Shatner, so-
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he goes to Tybalt and goes, Car! And none of this, I pray thee, hold thy peace.
1: And then Tybalt's like, "What?" From hell's heart, <laughs> I stab at thee. thee. <laughs>
0: It all fits together. Uh, And they have an epic fight. It's great. Mm -hmm. And we see Romeo, who has usually been a pacifist, he's like, I'm done being a pacifist.
1: Right, and he fights, and you can tell he's, better than mercutio at fighting but still not as good as tybalt but he's got rage on his side yeah and he threw a a, i think a really well choreographed fight scene where you just have like the whole gang of guys circling around them very actively while they're fighting yeah and like they all are separated by colors and so you know who they are i don't know it's just really well done and then tybalt gets stabbed and it's tragic because, like,
0: this could have been avoided. The, both of your deaths could have been avoided,
1: right? And like, and Romeo sees that he's like, "Why did I do this? Why did I let my rage or my emotions, yeah, like, determine what I did? Yeah, because I could so... have just let it go, and then I could have married. Like, that would have been the pathway. He lets it go, and he marries um, Juliet, and and they like, I can just see. The way it works out, where he goes up to, you know, the Capulet's house, and he's like, "I'm willing to forgive, like this debt, this transgression against my friend, if our houses become one, and you approve of this marriage, yeah, or something like that's that."
0: That's how it would have worked in real life, but right. this is theater.
1: <laughs> well, no, I mean, I don't necessarily know in real life because revenge is a real feeling, yeah. like like that that drive that. But rage. this is
0: such a harmonic. Story. It's so mm. we have these characters on this side, these characters on this side, this character kills that character, that char- character kills this character, this character loves this character, and it's very you couldn't put it in a more perfect like bow. No. You know?
1: No, it's really good. And like it's it's exemplified by when they bring the bodies to the prince, and each one is like, do something about this prince. He's like, You idiots. Yeah, the
0: fuck you brought me this. What is this? And
1: Mrs. Capulet is all like you need to kill, kill Romeo. Romeo. She's like, Romeo must be killed. And I'm like, Romeo must, must die. die?
0: <laughs> and I'm like, so that's where that comes from.
1: <laughs> and he's like, no, he's
0: banished. His life is forfeit if he comes in here. So just tell him never tell come him back. Not to
1: come back. Which is like, I feel like this prince dispenses good justice. He's like, mm-hmm. this guy took, you know, he's avenging a death. Not cool, but... It seems like we're pretty much equal as long as he is punished in a way.
0: Yeah, and so for him not to be here anymore works for me. Where is he going to go? He's got nothing else to do, no connections. He yeah. might as well be dead. Well, yeah. maybe not might as well. Be well, dead, but, but but close enough. Yeah, um, it's uh, a banishment is a good justice. In classic stories, there, nothing beats a good banishment.
1: Well, yeah, because just think about how much more dangerous the world is. Like, let's say you get banished from Portland. You're like, okay, I'll go to a new city. Mm-hmm.
0: But if you're <laughs> if you're a, a young cub and you see your father murdered, um, man, just escaping and finding you know a warthog and mm-hmm. uh, a little rat sing mm-hmm. to you and you know get you on back on your feet. You're talking about the classic Shakespeare play as you like it. Uh no actually it's referring to Hamlet, but oh, okay. uh, <laughs> close enough. <Yeah>. Uh, so <laughs> Romeo flies. He yeah. F- he gets out of there. Um and
1: he is distraught. Yeah. Like he goes to the to the priest and he's like oh, I did the bad thing. <laughs> the I stabbed a the guy. Yeah, you did. <laughs> like, he's, I don't know what to do with at you. At one point, he's like crying so much that the priest just smacks him he's and he's like, like shut fuck up, up. <laughs> Romeo. And, but, you know, Juliet on the other side is like, okay, I married this guy. We haven't even consummated the marriage seemingly. Killed my cousin. Not great. Not great. <laughs> um, not a good thing to start it off with. And the nurse is like, you should hate Romeo. And it's like, Nurse, you're the cause of all this. Why don't you slow your frickin' roll here? Yeah. You loved Romeo five seconds ago. So,
0: they go and hide in the church of... They go hide in sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Um, they bone.
1: Um, well, we... no, he... They they bone at the Capulet's place because he, that's why he has to leave. Oh. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. he, like, the priest is basically like, it's okay, I'll get you to your lady. And yeah. they get to the lady and they, like there's this great scene where like they're both very naked and I remember watching this movie
0: in junior high uh-huh. and the scene came on mm-hmm. and the that happened here.
1: Well, cause there's lots of butts Yeah. at one point in time. Juliet says that she doesn't like the moon because it's inconstant, but she sure seemed to be liking his uh, moon. Uh. Uh? <laughs> so anyway, sh- they, they say goodbye, but they're like, we'll figure out a way to be together. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And you know, he goes down the tree again. He's like, I'm not coming back up this time. I I'm very tired. Yeah. I didn't get a lot of sleep. <laughs> so he goes away
0: <laughs> and Friar Lawrence is like, ah, light bulb. <laughs> yeah, she comes to see
1: him and, and he's like, I'll poison you. And it's really interestingly shot because like he's very high up in the frame and she's very low and they're shooting through all the chemicals.
0: Yeah. And And she's
1: like, okay. I want to say his concoction that he's making, it's pretty great that it works as well as it does because he doesn't measure. He just like pours a little bit of something and a little bit of something. He's not putting it in measuring cups or anything. He's just like a little bit of this. A little bit of that. Drink this. A little bit of this. You'll be technically dead for 24 hours. 40. He says. 40 is, he says 2 and 40. So 42 hours is a very specific amount of time pretty for somebody. a crazy who's,
0: chemistry that he's got that yeah. he can s- stop her heart for 42 hours. Specifically. <laughs> and then she'll wake up and be totally fine. No hangover.
1: Like, this is a. This is a bizarre, like, it's funny because it's it's a... Um, now we're in theater. It's a hopium. It's a, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's a non-real chemical thing that is a good plot device, like in a, a Star Trek or another fantasy type yeah. deal where it's like, okay, sure, just go with me here. This exists in this world. And we're like, okay, okay. I didn't know this was a fantasy, <laughs> but cool. Yeah,
0: so she takes the poison, she dies, quote unquote. Mm. The family
1: discovers her. There's a funeral. Oh, there's a big fight between her and her dad before this where he's like, You're gonna marry Paris.
0: She's so like, I'm going to drink this poison instead.
1: Actually, and then I think the best, some of the best acting that Olivia Hussey does is when um she tells her nurse, she's like, Okay, I'll marry Paris then. Mm. And she just like the nurse is so happy and Olivia Hussey is like, don't you dare be happy for me. Yeah. Like she is just like Fantastic live it. stuff. Uh
0: so she dies has her funeral goes to the
1: crypt the tomb Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful scene Mm -hmm. they throw a bunch of flowers on her she's like
0: yeah get off uh and it's not benvolio benvolio it's benvolio's Balthazar. balthazar um I always remember in whenever class we we're reading this, like, oh, uh, who wants to be Balthazar? Because it's like, he's not in it until this one scene.
1: He's got good lines, though. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, he's a really good actor, because when when he finds out that she's dead, like, and he goes to tell Romeo, he pauses beforehand and is just like, oh, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I've been there, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I, don't, I haven't been there, but I've been there. Yeah. So Romeo's like, ah! Oh, and before this, the priest also Friar Lawrence hasn't told Romeo this. He has. I'll send a letter by mule. <sighs>
0: Friar Lawrence,
1: my this brother. Is, this is literally brother. <laughs> this is on you, friendo. Like all your your job here is to either stand watch over Juliet's body. That's one. Mm-hmm. Or go tell Romeo yourself. Yeah. Don't send a lackey that you're not doing anything
0: else so he passes right by the lackey who has the letter and just goes hum dum da dum this is not an essential thing <laughs> like that guy is taking his sweet time yeah he
1: was like peeing in the forest <laughs> or having a nick like on the side of the road yeah. you know he wasn't doing what he should have been doing, which is writing full tilt. Yeah. But you know who was Balthazar. Cause Balthazar is a good friend. He's, he's
0: there for his friend. So Romeo <sighs> goes to the tomb, finds Juliet. Sees Tybalt. I always forget about them. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. His body would be right there too.
1: Well, because I, I think in the play, I can't remember exactly, but I think in the play, you don't see that he sees Tybalt. Mm-hmm. He just speaks it in the dialogue. Right. And so it's, it's harder to get some of that stuff when you're yeah, just reading it.
0: Totally. Um, so he, I always forget the order. He sees that there's poison.
1: No, he he brought poison with him. He has poison. He has poison. He right. he kisses her, and you know he where did he does get the, the last embrace? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he just has it. Man. So like it's back then. That's one of your weapons. You got your swords. You got your uh, crossbows. You always have a little poison cyanide on
0: cyanide at hand. So he takes the poison and bleh, dies. Yeah, it's a good um, death scene.
1: Juliet wakes up and she's like, "Oh, and the priest is there, or Friar Lawrence, and he's like." Bad, bad, bad! Stuff. Don't idea. let's get out of here. No, but let's let's leave. Then the watch comes. What is this whole thing with the watch? Is it like people making sure that bodies aren't disturbed? Like like Whoa. stolen or Pride, prejudice zombies. They're going to make sure no zombie apocalypse. Oh, That's yeah. right. And so there's light and he's like, I must leave. I must leave. And it's like, fire Lawrence, you're leaving because you're guilty. You're leaving because this is going to be a bad scene. Yeah. You're leaving. Cause you don't want people to find you. You need to take responsibility for here. this girl. And yeah. she's like, sweet. I'm
0: alone. Um, I'm going to join Romeo in death knife. Find your sheath in my heart. Shunk. She yeah. Dies. I feel like fire Lawrence should have knocked her out <laughs> and just brought her with him. Um, And it's the tragedy of Romeo and Juliet. Now, the ending. Mm-hmm. I've heard it, and I've seen it interpreted in so many myriad of ways. Where do you come down? Do we say, look at these dumbass teenagers? Or do you say, oh, they're naive and innocent, pure angels? Uh, who are too good for this world? Where do you come in your judgment of oh, what the actions they thanks take?
1: Thanks, core 150 <laughs> question. I am right in the middle of those two. You are? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think they are naive. I do think that they've been put through a lot, though. Mm-hmm. And I think that the... Imagine imagine this is your first good love, and you're that young. Yeah. And you've decided, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this person and then that person dies. Yeah. And dies again and your your like family thinks you're dead. You're exiled, you know. You you are exiled from ever seeing your family or living in your home ever again. Your life has gone to shit and your partner has died, them killing themselves if they didn't and they were 15 years old, I would be surprised. Right. And so I think it is understandable for even somebody older to have made that choice. Right. Um, Granted it is, I think they're surrounded by idiots and like people who have hated each other for a while and have heightened emotions anyway. So I think, you know, they're like, we only have 15 years left to live anyway. Right. Like I'm going to lean into this. So I think it is a tragedy because of their circumstance, I also think they're naive idiots, but not in a way where I'd blame them for it, in a way that we is completely judge understandable. Yeah, we yeah. don't judge them for being... In a like way them. I was. Yeah.
0: Uh, I I like this story culminating in this um, needless, two needless deaths. Yeah. Where that's the tragedy, is that Tybalt, Mercutio... They had it coming. That was kind of bound to happen the way that these two families were warring. Sure. But two uh two members of opposite families to fall in love and to die mm-hmm. is is unfathomable and not fair. And that's the tragedy.
1: And but the movie and the, the play, they end on a I wouldn't say a bittersweet even note, but a bitter note that sings of distant possible sweetness in yeah. the future where the two families bring their dead. And I really love how they're shot here where mm-hmm. like they are the two families walk their dead right next to each other mm-hmm. as if they are married in death as well. Mm-hmm. And they lay them at the feet of the Prince. And the Prince is like, you have sewed this for yourselves. Like yeah. this is what you get. Like everything you love is going to turn to ashes in your mouth. If you continue life like this. And like I think this prince is so wise. I think he needs to run his kingdom a little bit better. But <laughs> like we we see the two families leaving together. Yeah. This and this funeral.
0: We get that score again, composed by Nina Nino Rota, um, a fantastic score. As the he also did uh,
1: Godfather. Yes. Um, but it's like a wedding because they all go down the aisle together. Yes. And it's a love theme. And oh, but the
0: love theme is at once romantic but also tragic and just hits you with that bam swell of emotion yeah and then and then we're out yeah so (sighs) what did you think of this movie
1: I loved it you loved it I I rarely see a a Shakespeare set in the time that it was specifically meant to be shown Mm -hmm. and I think I uh, movie wise I see it all the time in plays Mm mm-hmm and I think if you have a really professional crew uh, or a cast and crew, yeah, it works. And if you have a bunch of amateurs, it's a lot worse because there's nothing to distract you from these people not doing iambic pentameter correctly, right? And I, I, I am fully fulfilled by shakes a Shakespeare play that I can understand everything that's going on because of the combination of the words and the acting.
0: Yeah, the context
1: and. I think. I I honestly think this is one of the best ones I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, I loved this movie. Uh, The play itself is not high on my Shakespeare list. Me neither. You know, but but this movie is such a good like it makes me want to be a Shakespeare completionist. Of like, ah, so here's the good version of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, like, and I got the pleasure of doing some Shakespeare where you get the musicality of the dialogue Mm. and just very well-structured storytelling and everything that comes with Shakespeare in general. Zeffirelli does a fantastic job getting performances, but also the elocution, the pronunciation, everything of how they deliver the lines is musical and beautiful. And
1: I have no idea if how much they did cut from this, but it feels very complete. Yeah. Like, like I'm sure that there were some lines cut out, but But if so, it was, nothing important was cut. Like the abridged version of this was barely abridged.
0: That's how you always feel when you read Shakespeare. You always encounter scenes where it's like, we don't need this, do we? (laughs) Yeah. Scenes that are almost always deleted for movies. Mm -hmm. Movies have to delete a lot of scenes
1: always. Yeah. In any adaptation, not just Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. And this felt
0: economical. I will say the last 20 minutes did drag a little because I'm just like, die already (laughs) like because I'm just kind of waiting for it and it's so well known it's like there's nothing left to do but for them to go through the motions Mm -hmm. of the death scene and he has to go tell Romeo I'm like
1: get to the tomb Romeo hurry up this is a 1960s movie and I honestly I think it needed to drag a little bit because it is so well known yeah where I don't know about you but every single time I see Romeo and Juliet I'm like is this the one where the director's going to say, no, no, I say, no, w- one or both of them are going to live <laughs> <laughs> because it's like when you, when you watch a movie you've seen a million times and you're waiting for something to happen, you're like, please don't happen. Please don't happen. Please don't happen. I know you're going to happen. Please don't yeah. happen. And then it does. And like the lead up, the build to that gives me more of that feeling. Mm-hmm. I would really love to see a movie where somebody bastardizes this play. It would, I, mean, I don't think you should do that to any other Shakespeare play, but I would love to see this one bastardized just with letting them live at the end, and how crazy that would be. Um, how many people would be mad about that? You know what I
0: mean? I there are some adaptations that go so south of the the original material that it's totally earned. Like Warm Bodies is Romeo and Juliet, and I don't. It goes into really weird places because it's between a zombie and not zombie, so. There's yeah, I mean, that, but, but there's not a traditional one that's doing this. There is a new movie coming out called Rosaline, which is the story of Romeo and Juliet as told through Romeo's ex-girlfriend.
1: So maybe they'll go go crazy with it. Oh, maybe. Um, the uh, well, okay. If, uh, you know, if we think about um, West Side Story, she doesn't die. Right. He dies. He dies, but she doesn't. Right. Right. I think. God, why can't I remember the ending of this now? We'll have to revisit it. But I think you're right. No, I think I think she I think he
0: dies. I think he accidentally
1: gets shot. He gets he gets stabbed. No, no, he stabs. This is right. <laughs> during the during the, the tussle, he stabs and then he gets shot in the end scene. Yeah. Um and she gets walked sh- home. She gets walked home. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Okay, so they There you go. There you go.
0: There's your subversive film. Alright, so, so
1: out of five. Um
0: I'm gonna give it a good four and a half out of five. And I the whole half star is because of that
1: song. That's what really pushes it over the edge for me. That's what made me really enjoy this movie. Oh, so you, it would have been a four mm-hmm. otherwise. Oh, I'm giving it a solid four out of five, and almost a five. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't know what's holding me back, but um, maybe it, there's a little bit outdatedness to the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, just because it's a little old, maybe. Yeah, and um,
0: that's no one's fault in particular. It's no. just. It it could do with some updating. Don't tell me about Romeo plus Juliet. That's not an update of what this movie's doing. No. That's a different a thing different entirely. Thing. That is a Boz Luhrmann And that's okay. <laughs> that is Boz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And I think Boz Luhrmann would be okay with the way and he is okay with it. That's how he how he presented it. The movie's not called Romeo plus Juliet. It's Boz Luhrmann's Romeo plus Juliet. And specifically
1: it's plus Juliet. Yeah. Because it was the Early two thousands or late nineties.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was it was nineties. So um, let's just throw it to Trope Talk, and we're gonna have a trope. Sure thing. And we're back with Trope Talk. It's like soap talk because we are now Kelly in the realm of the soap opera. Oh, are we? Tragedy, romance, mm. heartache, heartbreak, mm-hmm. heartbreak. Soap opera territory doesn't totally. mean bad, just means we're in a place of heightened emotions. Totally.
1: But we're not talking about soap operas today. What no, are we talking no. about?
0: We're talking about tragedy mm. and intermingling tragedy with, with romance. romance because this is not a romantic comedy.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, what other movies have we seen that have mingled tragedy with romance? Um, well, we were talking
0: in the break here for a second But a story begins with tragedy (laughs) unwelcomely in Sleepless in Seattle, where poor Tom Hanks loses Mm. his wife.
1: Right, yeah. And we're kind of talking about how, like, basically take all of Romeo and Juliet, not the story, but like the tragedy happens at the end. And if you think about Tom Hanks' story before that point, Like, his life was a tragedy, and now we're getting, after that point, his life is a rom-com, because he falls in love.
0: We also have 50% of all Hallmark films Mm -hmm. where the main protagonist is a widower of some type. Whether it's lady widower, man widower, either way, they have lost and they will not love again until they meet that... bakery owner, coffee shop owner, um quirky balloon artist, magazine um, designer, magazine designer, uh candlestick maker, publisher, publisher, they will make them love again.
1: And you know, some like sometimes there's even something like like if we look at the story of Lion King, which is very loosely based around Hamlet. Mm-hmm. Um The tragedy comes with the death of a father, right? And then it's healed at the end, not only by him retaking the kingdom, but like it's through his love of Nala that even finds like a pathway towards. Yeah, because like Rafiki's what like nails the coffin, or the nail in the coffin, but yeah,
0: yeah. But Simba is heartbroken because he lost his father, and we see him. I can't believe we're taking Lion King this seriously, but he's like. (laughs) I'm chilling with my bros, Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah, it's no big fine. Deal. Mm-hmm. But when he reconnects with Nala, then something's awoken in him. And it's helped along
1: fantastically when Elton John is there. Oh, for sure. Like if he wasn't in the background singing, I don't even know if the love would have worked, but Mm-mm. it does. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> can I ask you?
0: Yeah. Did that song ever make you feel funny? Like you're like, I'm feeling some emotions. You feel like do you remember feeling like deep feelings and you're like, I don't
1: know what's going on, but I'm here in my room. I knew. No, I knew I knew what love was back then. Oh, okay. I knew what falling in love was.
0: Oh, you were an enlightened child.
1: I was. I remember I was like (laughs) 20 (laughs) by the time I was five.
0: Yeah. Uh so what what do we you I was talking to Kelly before our in our break and I think it's pretty simple with shakespeare Mm -hmm. romances either end in marriages or death death it's either comedy or a tragedy in the very greek way of doing things
1: i feel like fewer of his romances end in tragedy though because a lot of his a lot of his tragedies are like kingly history tragedies yeah or something
0: else is going on like um Othello it's not necessarily
1: romance but it's there there's other things going on in Othello too sure in Titus Andronicus it's like all about revenge and yeah. that's what's tragic yeah um but I guess in like in Hamlet you have a tragic romance but it's broken by like so many different things. It's like yeah, Hamlet does need some revenge, but he's also being visited by ghosts. Yeah. But then there's also like Ophelia's kind of being driven crazy by like how Hamlet's acting and yeah. it's just it's so much less about the romance than the tragedy and so much more about man all this stuff's happening all <laughs> of a sudden. Oh, it's bad. It's real bad, guys. Well, it's interesting when you're like th- Macbeth. Yeah. Ugh. There's no romance in that tragedy. <laughs> no, but and
0: I wouldn't. I don't. When I think about Macbeth, I don't think of it as a tragedy the way that I think about Romeo and Juliet's a tragedy. Mm. I think about Macbeth's like those those guys are a little crazy. Those and Scots. you need to stay away from them. It gets intense over there in that
1: castle. You do not want to hang with Lady Macbeth ever. <laughs>
0: no, don't go to a party with her. She's going to spill some red wine on her hands, and oh, it's bad. She's going to get
1: freaked out.
0: <laughs> uh, so. I what do we get why do we have what do we get when we intermingle tragedy with romance? Do does one go hand in hand with the other, or does romance get heightened
1: when you throw tragedy at it? I think pre, pre-romance tragedy, there is a sense of um there's more stakes because the heart has to go through more when it falls in love. I think yeah. post-romance tragedy it's either about can the love survive this or it's about an entire loss of love. Like like uh, when we watched – why can't I think of the movie? Heath Ledger, Jake Gyllenhaal. Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. Just couldn't think of the title. When we watched Brokeback Mountain, it's a tragedy of circumstance, right? Right. But there is so much romance that happens within it. It's a tragedy for what – because they
0: couldn't have what they deserved. Right. couldn't it couldn't it wasn't possible
1: it wasn't possible or if if it if it at all was possible there was like a complete change of life and personhood that would have also made them not who they were right. integrally like they couldn't be themselves and love each other and continue being who they wanted to be besides. Because Heath Ledger had no future if he moved to San Francisco. No, it, they it, mentioned it, that at one point it, in time it, in the movie. It never, never gonna happen. It wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna happen. <laughs> and the the tragedy mixed with the romance just I don't know, it's so hard for me to want to go back to those movies. Right. Because it's not saying keep going. Like I I know this week was hard and I know like maybe you were in love part of it, but then you like, let's say you had a fight with your significant or you got fired from your job. What Brokeback Mountain illustrates is, yeah, sometimes you don't get to win and that's life. Right. And this movie is is like that too. It's like sometimes love doesn't conquer all and that's life, but it's mainly like that because there are people who hate each other. Like this has a very strong moral compass that it's like these people unreasonably hate each other, thus bad things happen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in Brokeback Mountain, it's like, People are bad and evil and homophobic, thus bad things happen to these people. Yeah. And so it's it's usually like an outside force that is keeping love at bay. And I think that's mainly what the goal of the rom trag is, is mm-hmm. like, look at all the good that could possibly happen, but this exists. Yeah. Isn't that a shame?
0: Yeah. You leave the story going, it's not fair! And it's either a death that's not fair. Un—that's The the unfairness is either death or the circumstance or it couldn't Society. work out. All these things. And the tragedy is truly heightened emotion because with Brokeback Mountain, you and I both left that movie going, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, it really, it really, it really ends on over. a heavy note. Yeah. And it's the amount of catharsis that we get out of it is kind of, it's it's like running a half marathon where it's like, that was really good. And it was good for me. But I'm not doing it anytime soon. Sure. Because that was a lot, mm-hmm. but it really worked worked on me. Mm-hmm. Good, good job. And I think, I'm not gonna say a blank statement like tragedies are more effective than dramas, but in a way, they are more potent.
1: Than just straight dramas can. They're more be. heightened. Yeah. Because y- you actually go through, I mean, pardon the sexualness of this, but like the climax mm-hmm. is you come to fruition. Yeah. Whereas in drama, it's usually like it comes up to the point where you lose, but you don't. And so there's this like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. We can come back down from that.
0: Because looking back at our previous movies, like a really satisfying romantic drama isn't a to remember. And mm. it's got a lot of levity in there,
1: but. The but dra- there's some tragedy too.
0: There's a little bit of tragedy, but it's still—spoiler alert—doesn't end tragically. Uh, yeah, a tragedy must end tragically. Yeah. So, but that is similar to Brokeback, where you you're put through the ringer, but it's definitively a drama where it's like, "Who? I'm safe. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Y- you could do it again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's
1: just a good run. The you know, a one movie that I think is really close to being a tragedy that we did is She's Got to Have It.
0: Uh.
1: Almost a tragedy? How
0: almost a tragedy? Well, because you have this
1: woman who's dating three guys, Mm -hmm. and none of them end up together. And, like, all of them want to be with her, but not enough to, like, be with her the way that she wants them to be. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the one person that she most kind of wants to be with ends up, like, almost raping her. Right. And then they they all are telling this story, kind of death of a salesman, like our town style. Yeah. And it's just that it, it, it doesn't end completely sad because, like, she's, like you know, living her life and they're all like saying hey to each other. But it's really close to being tragic. It's just yeah. that they add like a denouement where it's like, eh, That's it's fine. Cool. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry. We're all good here. Uh, I, we're I, fine here. We're How are all you? We're fine
0: here. Uh, a really g- another great example of a tragic romance is Titanic. Uh, mm. it's tragedy all over the place. And yeah. like I said, on that episode, it's way too much for me. I can't handle all of this tragicness. It's but very it's tragic much more tragicness.
1: Of, I feel like more than a tr- tragedy, it's very much like Romeo and Juliet where Romeo and Juliet is a romance film mm-hmm. until the end. Yeah. And then it's a tragedy. Yeah. Right? I think Titanic is a romance adventure film. Until the end. Then it's When tragic. he dies. Yeah. Because if he lives, it like, all the death would have been sad, but it would have been the adventure that they were on. Right. And lived past. Absolutely. But, but since he doesn't, she does, and, like, we get to see the end of her life as being not a bad thing, and so the tragedy of that is lessened, but when he dies, it's really fucking sad. Yeah. And- you know we're still left with that note but again she ends up back there like imagine if this movie ended up where we're in the afterlife and romeo is living with juliet on this like hillside in verona afterlife <laughs> or something like that that really lessens the hurt of the tragedy
0: right and the whole thing about romeo and juliet is that they're young that they had their lives ahead of themselves they could have had an epic romance that mm-hmm. is what we all dream about having and I don't know about you, but I'm currently living the the life that I've always wanted to have a loving family that I have. And you have a loving family too. And Mm -hmm. it's like, it's not fair that these two people couldn't have what we have in our life, what we're currently enjoying. Yeah.
1: And they would have had manses like big houses to live (laughs) live at and (laughs) they would have swords like
0: beautiful children and beautiful love. I
1: want everything I have, but plus those things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so that is when the story works is when we're like, feeling that actual aspect of tragedy that it's not a right. cheat where it's like <sighs> and we're like we're feeling like it was cut off from us where it's like we're feeling this nuancedness to I, it
1: i do think tragedy works a lot less when they're like um like your main character has gone through a bunch of struggle and then dies and then the movie's like and what was all that for <laughs> yeah. and that's what the movie's trying to tell you like there's one of Philip Seymour Hoffman's last last movies was like him trying to solve this mystery and trying to keep this thing from happening. And he's great in it, but he dies at the end, and it's like they kind of achieve their goal, but it's just like, well, that's life, man. People die, and he died, and yeah, rough. <laughs> and it's like, who cares? Yes, I know. I live this all the time. Yeah. It's not. It is not what is going to keep the human race going so that we can get better. Right. But with Romeo
0: and Juliet or Brokeback Mountain or Titanic, we got to be in this love story for just a little while and we are grieving that the love couldn't be forever, but we are having the very bittersweet feeling of there was a love though. And we're having the bitter pill of it was not meant to be forever.
1: And the greatest tragedy of all, we haven't even talked about, Godfather Three. Uh. Just the fact that it was made, <laughs> am I right? Uh. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, that's tragedy and romance. It's nice to see every once in a while, but it yeah. hurts.
0: It's like marathon. Maybe, maybe this year. I'm not gonna do it again. Marathon? If you did a marathon of
1: you know, what? If I ran a marathon. Oh, you ran a like I thought you meant of a movie. I was like
0: Godfather. (laughs) But if I watch Brokeback Mountain, I'm good for the next twelve months. Sure. Um, Romeo and Juliet, same thing. I'm not super pumped to if we roll the. You'd have to get pumped if you're doing a marathon. (laughs) Yeah, if we do the Rolodex and it picks Romeo plus Juliet, I would respect the 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 Furies, but uh, I
1: really wouldn't want to go to it next week. Yeah, I I, we might have to take a week off just to be okay. (laughs) Well, you know, I hope that we have a happier next week. And in the meantime, why don't we go on over to our Patreon and see what happiness lies there? Oh, much happiness! First,
0: an update on the poll. We have currently a tie. It's the 2010s edition. We're doing we your options are this means war, EZA, Trainwreck, and Edge
1: of Seventeen. These are the movies we will watch at the end of the month. You, well, one of them.
0: You vote you pick we watch them it's the next it's it's the episode at the end of the month you have one week left um so there's a tie between easy a and train
1: wreck we're happy to do both but what if i'm not i i want to watch one this time i just want to watch one don't make us do both don't make us do both make us do one pick pick, pick, one. pick one come one. together just pick one come together <laughs> capulets montagues <laughs> just come pick together pick one pick one <laughs>
0: So sign up for that Patreon. It's only two dollars and fifty cents a month to pick one. Um, That's less than a cup of coffee these days. Thanks inflation. So, (laughs) and we.
1: Oh my gosh! Like, have you bought groceries recently? I bought a latte the other day. Small latte, five
0: seventy five. Five seventy five. Used to be two seventy five ten and a half years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. A while ago.
1: (laughs) But I mean, I, I bought a cup of coffee today. Just a cuppa. Yeah. And I remember when we first moved to Portland and you go to coffee time or something. It was two bucks. No, buck 50. Oh, God. Oh, those were the days. Oh, and man. hey, I don't mind things getting more expensive. I get why it happens. I mean, I hate it, but I get why it happens. People need to make more money. They have to keep up with inflation. I get it.
0: But six quarters to hang out at coffee time for oh, seven that hours? Was,
1: that was just so classic. And I don't know what it is at coffee time now, but I went into like the local... Small coffee shop, not even good coffee, like mm. fine coffee. Yeah, it's three twenty-five for a cup of black.
0: Oh, come on. Uh, next, they'll be charging for packs of raw sugar.
1: I mean, I'm making most of my coffee at
0: home <laughs> these days. Packs of
1: raw sugar. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, so, I mean, if it was back then, yes. Yeah. So, like we said. Less than a cup of coffee, just to vote. Uh, You can also uh, go to higher tiers. You can do...
1: We haven't done inflation here. No, We're resisting. We are your low price... We're keeping it down. ...dollar store... Patreon. <laughs>
0: so for $5 a month, you get access to all of our weekly essays. Um, I have now posted my lengthy essay called My Issue with Issues Movies. Um, it's one of the lengthiest I've written, and
1: uh, I hope you
0: get a lot out of it as much as I got out of writing it.
1: And this week, I wrote about basically how difficult it is to write a sex scene. Because it is hard. <sighs> it's difficult. It's
0: difficult. It is
1: difficile. Hard. (laughs) Um, yeah. And I, you know, honestly, most of it isn't writing the sex scene. The sex scene for me is very easy to write. It's everything that leads up to it because I think that a good sex scene is predicated on a, a, like a base of drive and relationship and experience. Like, I wouldn't have cared at all about like the postcoital cuddling that they did in Romeo and Juliet mm-hmm. had I not cared about their relationship beforehand in some way. And so yeah. what's difficult is the setup for me. Like the actual sex scene, I talk about that too, but like for me, I've written five sex scenes <laughs> and um, honestly, they come really easy. Oh God.
0: Well, <laughs> I'm thinking about movies and I'm thinking about sex scenes. And the only one that I've actually think is memorable from a narrative point of view is the one Top gun. I knew you <laughs> loved that one. It's so good. The one in Don John between Joseph Gordon Levitt and Julianne Moore. Um, oh
1: yeah. That's a really good one
0: because there's so much that has to be done in a, in this sex scene is doing so much for that movie that can't be done in any other kind of scene because of the context that this movie is in is having.
1: Yeah, it's you're weird though. Like you you for a while hated sex scenes on principle. Well, a man can change. <laughs> but like I I would love to like I'm I really like that sex scene too. I mm-hmm. do think that it narratively is necessary. But I like a sex scene when it isn't necessarily narratively sex or whoa, narratively also, sexy. I yeah yeah I like it when it's sexy sexy but more so for the mood yeah than like like I am not just going back to Top Gun it's just the one that is at my mind but like what that does is it leans into the mood of the love story right yeah and uh, I think I think I like that as well as when it's narratively satisfying
0: I do too to a point. I think that's where you can get lost in the weeds of setting the mood. And it's
1: like, we get it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like if you're watching like Zack Snyder's 300 or something, it's like- We get it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. This has gone on for six (laughs) minutes
0: now, dude. Yeah. So- um, and then for ten dollars a month you get access to the polls, the essays, and our bonus episodes. We have episodes on ranging you, from Miyazaki to the Gilmore Girls. To die hard to die hard to
1: this month speed. Okay, Rang, do you want to give the people just a little bit of like a, a taste of what you felt about speed? Um speed. The, the movie, not the drug. <laughs>
0: I will I will say right now that I think Speed is one of the most significant action films of, if not just the 1990s, the entire 20th century. Hey, can uh, I get your
1: fingers over here for a second and go... Woo!
0: Jacks. So if you want to hear more about such controversial opinions on movies like Speed, go to <laughs> Patreon. Uh, listen to our bonus episodes because we have too much fun recording them.
1: And that's going to bring us right on to Ryan's next topic... Give me a golden sword award. A blessing from the Lord. God be praised. The Golden Sword. You're like the you're like the the creepy guy in in uh, Romeo and Juliet who's on the corner, just going young love, young love. Ooh, I like it, very young. Ugh. he is a creepy dude. He's creep. Um, I I, I I the golden sword, huh? Mm-hmm. I love Mercutio. I think this guy was a good Mercutio. Yeah. Um, I the one scene I thought was a little bit much was the staging of his death. Yeah. He's like, (gasps) there's a, I think there was a good way to do that scene. And I honestly don't think it was poorly staged here. Like they, they're carrying Moff and they, he's like, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Like I'm, I'm hurt Mm -hmm. here. And they set him down and they're all joking and laughing at him. But it was, I think it was a bit frenetic for that scene where I really like, like, really giving a stage to Mercutio and they do it really well in the so, Boslerman one. So
0: just that I'm understanding you, you're not giving a golden sword to this scene. No,
1: I really <laughs> wanted to. <laughs> okay. Like as I was watching it, I was like, ooh, this might get the golden sword, mm-hmm. but no. And it was just post sword fight as mm-hmm. well. I gave it to a butt last week, so I'm not going to do it again. It's a good butt, a lot of butts. Good butt. I think I'm giving the golden sword just to the scene of them falling in love on the on the like patio tree scenario yeah. there's something so being a teenager about that scene but it's elevated not only because of the language but the slight innuendos and the rushings back and forth and the amount of heightened emotion i was excited I yeah. wanted to be young again, yeah, and i I feel like luckily in in my marriage, I do feel young again often, mm-hmm. but it is very hard when you're taking care of a baby twenty four seven and it'll the, get easier. I know I, it, I know it already is getting easier, but like the there's something about like that carefree let's fall in love and start our love mm-hmm. that was just so enviable to me and i think that's like in order to make somebody actually feel like that and not just like out of an like out of a pure envy feeling but like out of a oh i remember that and i can capture that again and you've given me like that that push and that hope to to do that yeah was just i don't know it was all over that scene so it gets a golden sword for me
0: i've never related to romeo because of that scene because I remember being a teenager and I never had such mutual love such as they had and maybe that's an okay thing because it doesn't end so great for them anyways but I do relate to the conviction of love they have with each other and that honeymoon phase where you just can't keep your hands off each other and uh, that's what I related to it was mm-hmm. like oh yeah I've felt this love maybe mm-hmm. not as a teenager when I really was like really looking for it but I felt it and that's what matters hmm mm-hmm.
1: Um, oh, that okay. Sorry, I thought that was your golden sword. That's
0: my. That's not my sword, but I'm. I'm concurring. Fantastic scene. Nice. Uh, my sword is definitely going to Nino Rota and the mm. score here in this theme song, which is just so brilliant. I can become his baton. Yeah, <laughs> golden baton. Uh, it's romantic. It's tragic. It's dramatic, and it's iconic most of all. Yeah, um, I was. Watching this movie and the song came on, was like, I know this. How do I know this? I haven't seen this movie. How do I know mm-hmm. the song? And Sarah came in. She's like, what are you watching? She's She like heard the song. She's like, I know that song. Mm-hmm. Like she has played that song. Yeah. And
1: yeah, what can I say? It's beautiful. It's magnificent. I honestly, like uh, the Godfather theme is much more iconic. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that theme. But I think this one's better. Yeah, or it's one that I'm more, I'm more apt to listen to. I
0: think this one is more effective, hmm. and that's what matters. Mm-hmm. And because that, that's where I was really starting to care for this movie is that it really pulled me in with the music. Well, do you care
1: which part of this movie gets a rom-com Oscar? I. Do you care? I,
0: I care. Okay, good. I care a lot. Um, I think I'm pretty confident when I say I'm giving it to the best director. Mmm. Mr. Great. Franco Zeffirelli. Franco Zeffirelli got fantastic performances, got fantastic line delivery of some tricky Shakespeare dialogue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, everything looked great. Everything was staged well. It wasn't stuffy. I thought the choice to shoot on location in a lot of places was really good. Yep, they yeah. actually went to Verona in sixteen oh two. Good, well. good idea. <laughs>
1: um, just and, you know, it did, but there It felt like it was shot in a city. Uh, yeah. not, not the interiors, but but his
0: camera was live and nimble, mm-hmm. and you know nothing, especially could, for the time.
1: Yeah, and nothing could
0: kill Shakespeare faster than just. St- Stiff direction,
1: yeah. Don't don't make the movie feel like a stage,
0: yeah, yeah. And it was very cinematic, cinematic most of the time. So
1: best director, great, 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 great. I'm gonna give this best actress, mm. Olivia Hussey. I was impressed not only with the scene I was talking about with um, the with the nurse, um, hello, every hello nurse, <laughs> hello nurse, but also everything she did with Romeo. I think the um, was really affecting when she sees Romeo being dead mm-hmm. and she just becomes like a ghost. And like there's this scene where where um, she's given the poison by um, Friar Lawrence and he is like, can you do this? She's like, here, here, give it to me. Here. It to me. She's like animalistic about yeah. it. And I think for a 15 year old, this might be the greatest performance I've ever seen by a teenager. I I would
0: mostly agree. I think there's
1: some uh,
0: luck also just to be had that this is one of the most perfect pairings of an actress at an age and a role perfect for that actress at
1: that age. Mm -hmm. Like, it was the stars truly aligned. Hey. So. Um, I wonder if she was nominated for any awards for this.
0: Um,
1: Those dicks what so she was not nominated
0: for an oscar or a bafta but they did nominate pat haywood as best supporting actress don't tell me that's the nurse maybe Pat Haywood, the nurse the nurse your favorite character was nominated for a bafta <sighs> and olivia character. hussey
1: wasn't that is so there you crazy. go that is absolutely insane
0: enough of this i pray thee hold thy peace
1: uh, i'm sorry this won though a couple of oscars right Yes, so it won. Probably cinematography, I
0: would guess. It won cinematography and costume design. Mm. I would think so, with the wonder bra that Olivia Hussey is wearing through it. Yeah, I would think so. Also nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, so there you go. Okay. Um, well, Kelly, just tell me straight up, who would you fall in
1: love with? Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends? The truth of it is, I...
0: Loved you from the first second I met you. <laughs> but mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all.
1: You have bewitched me, body and soul, and I love and love. I love you. I know. You know, Benvolio is a great friend. Mm. But I don't get much of his interior life. Right. You know what I mean? Um, And so I think I'm going to go honestly with Juliet. I know it's a, it's a bait. (laughs) It's a really basic choice. Usually I'm a little bit more flavorful with my picks, but I think she is for a teenager in love. Who's going to get married the next day to somebody she just met. I think she's got a good head on her shoulders. (laughs) Um, It's a dead head on her shoulders now, (laughs) but I think, there's there's something about her performance that just struck me. I'm going with Romeo, Hamia, because um, of his sword fighting skills a little bit,
0: but also because I really like what he stands for. And I don't, mm. I don't quite know what Juliet stands for, and that's okay. She doesn't need to stand for anything. But I feel like I get to know a little bit more of the ideals of Romeo, and I like it.
1: I think Juliet stands for choice. Yeah, and I think Romeo's. What does Romeo stand for?
0: Romeo is... Peace. He wants peace and he's over strife and Mm -hmm. he wants people to be united and he seeks to find it. I think we have two good people who want two good things. Mm -hmm. It is a tragedy that they weren't together. Exactly. And it's a tragedy that they couldn't live to enact change in their world. So, that's Romeo and Juliet. Fresh takes, I know. We really blew your mind on that one. (laughs) Well, maybe next week we'll have more fresh takes,
1: huh? (laughs) Yeah. What are we watching? (laughs) All
0: right, everyone, you got one week left to pick our movie. For
1: for the Patreon movie.
0: For the Patreon movie. So, this is going to be up to the stars. All right, give me a number between... Three!
1: I'm going to give you three, no matter what you say. (laughs) Okay, let me just double-check this. Is it Romeo and Juliet?
0: No. <laughs> I just want to double-check its rom calmness because I added it not really thinking about what I was adding. Ah, okay. So, we are going to watch the movie To Jillian on her 37th birthday. Here's the logline. Okay. David's wife died two years ago. Oh. We're off to a great start. He, his teen daughter Rachel... Her cute friend and two in laws trying to fix him up with a friend are all spending the weekend at his beach house. David still talks to his wife, quote unquote, and neglects Rachel, his daughter. It stars Peter Eyebrows Gallagher. Oh. Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay. And Claire Danes. I mean, it feels rom com y. And it feels 90s. And it's got Freddie Prince Jr. in the cast, too. We have to do this. So it's it's a rom com. Are you sure it's a rom com? Um, it's a romantic dramedy and I'm taking it
1: okay well that's next week a movie neither of us have seen but it has Peter Gallagher so oh, there you go there you go uh, Ryan I love you so much that if you killed yourself I would definitely read a eulogy <laughs> at your funeral and it would be good it'd be really good You're you're gonna wish you were there mm. it's gonna be that good
0: well I love you so much that I wouldn't stab myself mm-hmm. and I wouldn't take straight up poison mm-hmm. but I would take a concoction that would make me seem dead for 2 and 40 hours. Oh, so I could be
1: sad. Yeah. yeah, uh, I'd be sad about that. And then I'd be like, oh yeah, you're alive. feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I would go that far. <clears throat> and this is where we will say oh, goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu
0: Thank you for
1: listening to our review. Right and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. See you next week on a gentleman's guide to rom Hold on. You have to pick stabbing yourself in the heart or taking poison.
0: Oh, definitely stabbing myself in the heart. Cause then I could say knife, knife, find thy sheath.
1: Yeah, you know what? Robin was like, oh, got got to definitely go with poison. But I'm thinking.
0: I mean, right in the heart, just stop it right at the source. It's over quick.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'd want to pull out, you know, if I was going to stick it in the sheath, I'd want to pull out because that way I'd bleed out faster.
0: Yeah, you you seem like the pull out king. I love you.